Welcome to another edition of AUHSD Future Talks. I'm your host, Michael Natsuda, the superintendent of the Anaheim Union High School District. And <clears throat> this is a show all about the future of jobs, the future of work, the future challenges for our 30,000 <clears throat> young people in the Anaheim Union High School District. We've been very blessed over the last several, uh, every episode to have outstanding leaders uh, to talk about education and the challenges, especially during the pandemic and what maybe the post-pandemic world will look like and what is the role of public schools as we go forward together. Today, I have a very special guest, uh, a teacher um, and a union president, the president of our teachers union, the Anaheim Secondary Teachers Association. So he leads uh, a, group, uh, a very powerful group of uh, teachers, uh, 1,200 strong, uh, Mr. Grant Schuster. Grant, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mr. Matsuda. So I'm yeah. excited to answer questions. And you were a teacher for many, many years at Dale Junior High School, teaching both uh, world history and uh U.S. history. Could you tell us a little bit about how you started and what's your why? Why did you become a teacher? Um, well, it's I had always enjoyed school when I was young. It was a place that I felt I fit in. Um, I felt I was part of, of a bigger community. Uh, I was excited to meet uh, uh, new kids and learn about different cultures. Um, I told a story. My, my father uh, in the Air Force learned to speak Korean and Russian to, uh, to work on the DMZ in Korea. Um, and once, we, once he was back home and started a family, I remember going to the, the restaurants along Garden Grove Boulevard and this family walks in and my dad's six foot seven, real big guy. And we'd sit down at the table and he would go ahead and start ordering in Korean. And speaking with the waitresses and waiters and cooks and everyone was so excited to change the room that here's someone that knows something about their culture and is speaking to them in their language. And it just changed the vibe of the room that people felt an appreciation for each other and their cultures. And that's always stuck with me. And I brought that to my teaching and, and what I wanted to do. And that led me to history and being a world history and cultures teacher for 22 years at Dale Junior High and year after year, I love introducing students uh, to new cultures and opening their eyes and expanding their worldview. Yeah, I think that, uh, and that's why I'm so proud of the teachers at Anaheim Union High School District because we're such a diverse uh, district with close to 50 languages spoken and a lot of uh, uh, diverse cultures and foods and languages. So it's a wonderful mix of what America is has become. So, you know, um, also too at, at Dale, you were one of the first teachers to embrace civic education and civic learning, which led to our democracy schools. How, how was that, I mean, from your advantage as, as a teacher to now, you know, where we are actually a leader in democracy schools in the state of California, and why is that so important? You know, I, I can tell you that it, it's always been important to learn about other cultures and introduce people to, to new points of view and to, to new uh, you know, trains of thought. But um, something in particular, uh, civically, during the 2000 election, when we saw the first election of, of uh, you know, an African-American president with President Obama, the day after that election, 
the looks that I saw on the faces of my students, and they didn't have to be African-American. They could have been any student of color. The, the joy, the uh, vision that they saw of themselves, that they could put some, themselves somewhere that they never thought was possible before, really uh, you know, encouraged me in looking at the idea of incorporating civic engagement into you know, our, our lesson plans and what we do in the classroom so that it just wasn't learning about history, but taking what we've learned and seeing how we can implement that to make change in our community today. So it's really about <clears throat> teaching the kids how to sort of connect the dots in terms of who's responsible for what, but it's not about imposing teachers' views on, on students. It's not, it's a nonpartisan approach to civic engagement. And I think that's an important piece that our audience needs to understand that no, schools are not I would say absolutely that, that we're out there to get them to engage civically in the, the public arena, that we mm-hmm. want them to voice their opinions. We want them to find what they're passionate about and then realize that they have the power to act and affect change in their community that would be, you know, for the good of everyone. And I think that is really important. And it's something that that we've had real success with. And we've seen whether it's the day of service um, on Martin Luther King Day or uh, other projects around the district where students have gotten together to do things for the betterment of the community. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, a pleasure to see what students have been able to do once they've seen themselves as empowered to make their voices heard and take action. So speaking of democracy, this COVID pandemic has really challenged our democracy. There's voices from all over and it's really hard to get information out. And um, why do you think that unions, union voices and teacher voices are so important, especially during this these times? You know, we have found that, you know, people get into teaching, uh, you know, the, the reason that they get into teaching is because they love students. They love the communities that they live in and they want to be part of making those communities stronger. And when you look at the situation that we're facing, a global pandemic, no matter what part of a political uh, spectrum you lie on, you want to heal the community. You want to find ways to make sure we get back uh, to working safely and supporting our kids as quickly as possible. And this has been an opportunity for teachers unions up and down the state to make sure that their voices are heard and that they can do things that won't just affect their uh, working conditions or their salaries and wages, but can do things that really impact their local community and make sure that their students and their families are recovering from this crisis as quickly as possible so that we can, we can get them back onto school campuses. How do you, Grant, how do you respond to criticisms of the teachers unions um, sort of being, um, you know, blocking our ability to, to reopen? And um, I mean, there was there's a certain perception. I think initially the perception of teachers were really positive, but it seems like it, it's uh, some of the public perception has shifted that somehow teachers are um, just taking advantage of this distance learning and, you know, not really doing their jobs. How do you respond to that? Because I, I certainly feel very strongly that that's not the case. Well, I can tell you teachers felt 
you know, last March, teachers felt it, felt the appreciation from the communities as to what was going on and that they were doing everything they could to step up, even if it was in a virtual environment, to do what they could for students. As this has worn on, emotions have gone strong, have grown stronger for everyone. And there's been more loss. More recently in our community, whether it's students and their families or it's our employees and their families, as the pandemic has grown, uh, you know, it's been much more difficult to deal with because of the finality of some of the things that people are dealing with in their lives, uh, the, the way that, that you know, it's impacted them. But always during that time, teachers have been working to innovate to change their mindset as to what they do. We've worked very hard with the district to create new models of delivery, um, to create new scheduling systems that would balance screen time and and independent study. We've worked hard to to do anything we could. In fact, the teachers uh, have recently created a lesson plans around stopping the spread and I, uh, we have over 6,000 of our 30,000 students that have already completed the unit. So that was a teacher-created piece that's really going to help us collectively stop the spread through t- hopefully taking the vaccine. So uh, kudos to our teachers for leading uh, the teams on that. And I think that's going to be a model for the state of California as, as, as we go forward and, and through this whole thing. You know, um, recently the President Biden administration announced that uh, they will continue the federal standardized testing. And I know that the teachers union supported the president. How do what's your response to that decision to um, continue standardized testing in the middle of the pandemic when there's so many inequities out there? What is what is your response? And and I can say, uh, you know, we have 50 different state teachers unions across the country, and they all don't have the same philosophy when it comes to standardized testing. And California, the the California Teachers Association has called specifically for uh, the elimination of state testing this year. Um, But I think it goes farther than that, that, that we've come to have this dependence on testing companies and whatever they determine to be the metrics that we're supposed to measure student success by. Um, And unfortunately, those should not be the drivers of determining whether or not students should have future success. We have so many examples of our students and on a large scale of them succeeding uh, at at the university level, at them succeeding in private industry without having to achieve success on a standardized test. And so I think it's really an antiquated measurement of what students' future potential is. And we really need to reimagine that sort of thing. And actually, you know, a global pandemic that makes us rethink what we're going to do with education in general should also specifically, uh, you know, make us rethink what do we want to do with standardized testing? Is it really necessary any longer? Or are there things that we can replace it with that are a better measure of whether or not students are going to succeed and give us a much better understanding of what it is that we need to do as educators to put them into the position to do so? So, for example, the University of California has done away with the most famous standardized test, the SAT, because it does not predict how well a student's going to do even in college. But 
Um, our district, Anaheim Union High School District, has been focused on life beyond college called careers and life itself. So you and I have had these discussions about, you know, if we're going to do away with the standardized testing, what do we replace it with? And so I wanted to open up that discussion briefly with you, Grant. Well, I think it's important, like even before um, the pandemic and going back years, many teachers you know, in my classroom, we focused much more on the skills that we were teaching our students and just used whatever curriculum we had as a way to develop those skills. You know, in our in our district, we've adopted uh, the five C's. Um, uh, and so these were things that were going on. You know, teachers look to develop critical thinking all the time and look to develop their students' communication skills. Um, we added, you know, having compassion, having caring, the, 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 um, the emotional ability for, for students to be able to, to uh, empathize with others and understand that when they're in the community. And I think those are things that, that teachers have always been doing. But if they're able to focus on those instead of on achieving certain metrics on a standardized test, we're going to far better prepare our students for success, no matter which direction they go, whether it's a college campus, whether it's directly into an internship in the private sector, or whether they're just looking for a job straight out of high school. Uh, that's going to be a much better way to prepare them for whatever it is they're going to, to be interested in in the future. So I think you, you hit on it. I mean, the teachers prior to the testing, which started in uh, uh, 2000, right, under the, uh, the Bush administration, it was extended through the Obama administration, and now it seems to be possibly extended to the Biden administration. So we're, we're at a critical juncture for sure, because you have uh, businesses and corporate folks, nonprofit, who are saying we're not doing a good enough job teaching, uh, preparing young people for the workforce, which we know there's going to be, it's traumatized. The workforce is totally changed and being transformed. And we're using an old model of standardized testing. So I would totally agree with what you're saying, that we need to focus on the skills, on what we call the five C's, and give kids other opportunities. And as I mentioned, the teachers are the key to this because they can unleash a lot of creativity and innovation uh, with the kids, but they've got to have the freedom to be able to do that. And in Anaheim Union High School District, I'm proud of our relationship with ASTA and helping uh, move that forward because I think you guys have, have seen what the common goal is. Yeah, and I, look, we have, we've all obviously negotiated even language in our contract over the years about academic freedom, but that also comes with professional accountability that our teachers understand that their role in developing these students and that it's important that we also, um, you know, move with the times and that we're able to understand what the needs are for our students and how they're going to be able to move forward if we can, um, you know, modify the way we do things to address what the new world is going to look like once they finish high school. Um, I, I think an important part of that is making sure that we're developing the curriculum and assignments for students that allow them to find their passions and give them voice in their work and, and encourage them to want to step forward and you know share their beliefs and share their passions. And when we see that in their work, we know we're going in the right direction to prepare them for whatever they're going to do in the future. 
One of the related uh, issues to this discussion is the concept of learning loss. A lot of uh, parents and um, politicians feel that we the kids have lost learning. And I think that's kind of stigmatizing this generation. What are your thoughts on that term learning loss and, and how can we use this, some of these one-time resources coming from the federal government to address that? I think the first people, the first thing people should understand is learning loss as defined by what? And currently that would be defined by a traditional standardized test that, um, you know, inherit that, that has traditionally just, uh, you know, exacerbated the differences and opportunities that will be uh, made for uh, students of privilege and students that have not had that much when they're growing up. So I think even, so that's, that's one part of it. But another part is that I think there's a failure to understand um, what teachers and students have been doing this year the different ways they've been building relationships, the different ways they've been able to, to access curriculum and be able to show what it is that they've been learning. Um, the, you know, the old phrase that, that uh, necessity is the mother of invention, teachers and students both have gone out of their way this year to find different ways to be able uh, to learn curriculum and express themselves. And I think once we're out of this on the other side, our system is going to be so much better for it because we're able, going to be able to take the best of what we had before and what we've learned now to create a brand new you know, educational hybrid, for lack of a better term, that's going to serve our students and our communities better than it ever has before. So speaking of which, as we come out of this, what do you foresee uh, schools looking like? Well, I, I think it's really important that we understand this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, once in a century opportunity to come out of the other side with a new reimagined um, educa educational system. We've worked really hard in the district. I know the district has, has worked, uh, ASTA as an association has worked within CTA and, and NEA to work on the, the concept of community schools and traditionally, people hear the word, and if they know about it, they think of community schools as a place where uh, people in uh, communities that, that are less fortunate than others have access to um, you know, uh, county services and other programs that, that people are entitled to, but just don't have access to at a county office somewhere. They can access it at their school. But I think it's more than that. I think community schools are an opportunity for students parents, other community members to come together in the school setting and build the campuses that they feel address the needs that they have in their community so that the students are taking classes that they want to take that inspire them so that the, the skills that the, the families and the students know that they need to succeed in the future are provided um, in ways that are intentional and laid out by the school so that people have that trust that they've always had in their public school, local public school, but we build on it even more and, and make it the community center of learning um, and service and community that it should be. You know, that that's a very aspirational goal, right, uh, Grant? And um, how do you, I guess in the couple minutes that we have left, you know, as businesses transform, as schools and government transforms, post-pandemic, what do you see the role of unions? Because uh, that's a lot of change, right? What you just described, 
There's a lot of change. You might have traditional teachers in the system that says, that's not what I signed up to do. How do you, as a union leader, how do you move move enough of um, teachers to, to really embrace that goal? Well, I think, you know, we have, uh, you know, traditional uh, union responsibilities, uh, the, the aspirations of a union to provide, you know, uh, the, a, a good wage and, and benefits for people to make sure they have good working conditions and they're safe. Um, but I think we need to realize our power to go beyond that. And, you know, it, just as an example, within uh, our CTA state council, uh, of, of which I'm a part, we need to look at things like the credentialing process. We're going to have such a change as we go into the future into what we need to teach our students, whether it's artificial intelligence, whether it's, uh, you know, biomedicine. Uh, there are so many things out there that are going to be new and we can't rely on a traditional, you know, math or science or English credential to necessarily prepare our teachers to be able to do things like that. So we have to, as a, a teacher's union, re-envision what it is that we need to do as teachers to prepare so that we're able to provide our students with everything they need in the future. Um, you know, one of the very first, the first year I was teaching, uh, I met a teacher on my campus named Bob Hayes. He had been there over 30 years. And each day I would walk into his room and he was revisiting the lesson plan he did the previous year on that day to make sure he thought it still worked or what he could do to tweak it. And I thought after 30 years, he's still doing that. And that's never going to end in education. We always need to be thinking about how we can re-envision things because things are always changing. And if we're not willing to look at that and be willing to adapt to new changes, then we're doing a disservice to our students and we're doing a disservice to ourselves as professionals to the types of people we can be for these students and creating their better future. You know what, uh, Rand, I'm very impressed with um, your vision because so much of the public, uh, when they look at schools and look at unions, they think about, they're all about the status quo. But what you just described is very transformational. And it is the type of future that we need to prepare for our, our for our kids, right, for our students. So on behalf of the district, Grant, um, I want to thank you and your team for leading the, the teachers and having, ensuring that the teachers have a voice as we together navigate this pandemic and we navigate what the post-pandemic world will look like in education. So thank you again, Grant. Well, uh, thank you for providing, uh, you know, myself and the, uh, you know, ASTA the opportunity to give you the vision of what uh, the union sees as public education as we go into the future.